This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Listeners, we have three favors to ask of you right at the beginning. Pastor Michael, what are those favors? (laughs) Number one, would you uh, submit a question? You can do that at the Village Church website, vcob.org, or the Village Church app. And uh, you can find that on Android and the iTunes store. Number two. Number two, be sure you're sharing this podcast or any of the other podcasts with friends, family members, or as we say, foes. And number three, we want you to go to the iTunes store. Be sure to share share your rate and review with us. We would really appreciate five stars. The better you can rate us, the better we can push this out to as many listeners as possible. Let's do it. So here's our question for today, Pastor Michael. In the parable of the two sons in Matthew 21, verse 28 through 32, which of these two sons did what the father wanted? Trick question. Yeah, yeah. Because Jesus asked this question. Right. And it's not... uh, the parable of the prodigal son. No, it is not the prodigal son parable, what, right. which most people would think that this would be about. Correct. And uh, to be honest, when I went back and read it, I have not read this in a very long time. Why don't you read it for us? Okay, here it goes. What do you think? By the way, Jesus is talking. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to religious leaders. He says, what do you think? A man had two sons. And he went to the first and he said, son... Go and work in the vineyard today. Now, Tim, what's the son supposed to say to his dad? Yes, dad. Supposed to say yes. But uh, Jesus goes on and says, and he, the son, answered, I will not. Mm. But then afterwards, he, the son, changed his mind and he went. So he ultimately obeyed, which is Obeyed, uh, eventually. And he, the father, went to the other son and said the same. And the other son answered, I go, sir. Basically, I'm going to go do this. But then Jesus says, but the other son did not go. Uh Uh-oh. Which of those two sons did the will of his father? So this question that has been submitted is the question that Jesus posed to the Jewish religious leaders. Correct. And in the context, Jesus is rebuking the Jewish leaders clearly. Yes. Because the Jewish leaders in this parable are the sons who said, oh, I'll go do what you want. But then they don't go do what he wants. And he's about to make a, a, a connection with the first son who said, no, I'm not going to go, but then went. He's going to say, those are the disobedient people in Israel who ultimately believed and at the end of the day, haha, mm-hmm. did the right thing. So right. he goes on and, um, and he asks them the question, which son did the will of the father? And the Jewish leaders respond and they said this. They said, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, basically, he's going to say, you're right. You're right. The first ones did my will. The second ones didn't do my will. Mm-hmm. And here's what he says. Truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. Basically, they're going to get to heaven before, before, these, you, yeah, before, before these the Jewish religious leaders. leaders. Because what he's going to make this connection to is that even though they didn't obey at first, they ended up believing in Jesus and obeying and that's what mattered. They did the right thing eventually. Oh, yeah. And this was definitely condemning these Jewish leaders for saying that they are following God right. and wanting to please God and yet not doing it. And they're not it. doing it. And so verse 32 says, for John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they believed him. Mm. And even when you saw it, you did not afterwards change your minds 
and believe him. And, and let's just summarize the point. Um, you might call yourself religious and spiritual, but if you reject Jesus's messenger or That's prophets, right. which was John the Baptist. John the Baptist is in this case. Yep. And you reject Jesus, then you're not obeying God. Right. So let's just make this as simple as possible. Here's the point. The point is this. If you reject Jesus, you reject God. Mm-hmm. If you reject Jesus's messengers, you reject God. That, oh, yes. And that's his point. And so Jesus is sitting here with these religious leaders. And this is, again, the third parable where he is rebuking them. And he's saying to them, you call yourselves righteous. You say you're going to obey God's word, but you don't believe in me or my messenger. Right. You you are the second son who is not the good one in mm-hmm. this. And he's rebuking them. And they got the point. Like, even though oh, definitely they got the point. Yeah, even though we read this and we have to kind of read it slowly because it's a little confusing. Uh, his listeners very clearly understood that he was rebuking them. So, Tim, let me let me ask you a question. I want you to imagine there's somebody sitting across the table from us. Okay. And they are really spiritual and they're very religious. And they truly believe because they are religious good person in the eyes of the world. They do spiritual things. They even care for people and whatnot, but they have rejected Jesus. Mm. Um, what, what do you think Jesus would say to them? Um, we'll say it like this on the day of judgment. Cause that's what Jesus is getting to in this parable. Like when everything's said and done, yes. you're not going to get in. What do you think Jesus would say to that person? Yeah. I, I think Jesus told a parable about this and, and talked about this in, um, in the sheep and the goats, mm-hmm. when he compared um, those that said, look at all the good things that we've done for you, Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Yeah. And here's the thing. All our good works are good and they are helpful to others, those that we are helping. Hands down, there are good people today that are very spiritual. They may even call themselves religious, and they'll use that term differently than Mm -hmm. evangelical Christians will use that term. But they will say, I'm spiritual, I'm religious, you know, I believe in God, um, and I do these good things for people because that's what we should do for all all people. That's great, and I, I think Jesus would say, awesome, good, but what about me? What about what I did for you on the cross that I left the splendors of heaven, Mm. came to earth, be born of the Virgin Mary, grew up, gave my life as an example of what servanthood was all about, what God was all about. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm. He gave us the example of what the Father was really like. But he also, and most importantly, went to the cross to pay the penalty of our sins. And the Bible says that, you know, sin has to be punished. Someone has to make the payment for it. I'm glad that I've accepted Jesus and what he did for me so that I don't have to be punished for what, for what sin I own, the sins that I've committed. I think that's what Jesus would say to a spiritual religious person. Hey, great that you're doing all these good works Mm -hmm. and that you love people and you want to help people. But what about me? Yep. That is the million dollar question that everyone has to answer at the end of the day. At the end of the day. What about Jesus? What do you believe about Jesus? What are you willing to do about Jesus and what he has done for you? Are you willing to embrace his free gift of salvation and what he did for you? Or are you going to stand before God at the judgment day 
and say, God, look at all the great things that I've done for other people. Yep. And maybe they will say, because I love you, because I believe in a supreme being, I believe in a God, mm-hmm. and God is going to say, but what about Jesus? Yep. What about my son? Yeah. So like, what I love that you affirmed, I want to just point something out that you said, is that you can do a lot of good in this world, and your good works can be good to a lot of people. Sure. You can measurably intervene in people's lives and make the world functionally better. Right. There are, quote unquote, good people everywhere. The challenge is that even though you might be able to, through your good behavior and good works and sacrifice, improve other people's lives and even probably make your life better, uh, it has no bearing on salvation. That's right. And so um, this is why what you're saying is so pivotal is because I don't want to deny you your good works, the things that you've done that are good. Yeah, and we want to acknowledge that anyone can do good things for other people. Right. And and that is because what we believe, uh, the Bible teaches, is that that the Holy Spirit is working throughout mm-hmm. all people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, and we are selfish by nature, mm-hmm. but we also are, because of what God is doing in the world, is yep. showing us, hey, we should not be all self-consumed. Yep. And we need to come to their aid. We need to have compassion. Yep. And so... Um, whether you are a born again Christian, if you've accepted Christ or whether you've not accepted Christ, we need to come and help people mm-hmm. in their time of need. Yep. Can I give an analogy? Yeah. Let's say I'm having a really vicious fight with my wife. Okay. And, um, our, our relationship is broken and we need a lot of healing. Sure. And so I go and I start um, helping my poor friends, giving them money, doing really good things, counseling them, taking them out to dinner. Um, I go downtown Chicago and I feed the poor and I start um, homeless shelters and I do all this stuff. And then I come back to my wife and I say, look at all the good things I've done. Are we okay? And yeah. she'll say- <laughs> Great analogy here. It's irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. It's irrelevant for- What you did with them. Okay, that's objectively good. Fine. It has zero bearing on our relationship. Yes, and that is the relationship that we're talking about is the relationship between us and God. And if you take Jesus out of that equation, there is no relationship, no real relationship between us and God without Jesus. Totally. And so- in the analogy, my wife says, it's cute that you did all that, right? And I appreciate that. And, and, but you and I aren't okay. And so she says to me, here's how we're going to get okay. Mm-hmm. And the way that God says we can be okay is by trusting in what Jesus did for us. That's right. Which is basically a huge fat, I'm sorry. It was my fault. Yes. Will you forgive me? And Jesus promises to pay that price for us, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine. You know, standing before God on the judgment day and and in in a prideful sense, mm. say to God, look at all the good things that I've done. Look at all the people that I've helped. Fundamentally, the problem with heaven is that heaven is God's home. That's right. And we want to get in yeah. and we're not okay with God. Yeah. I wouldn't let my enemy come into my home, right? That's right. And it doesn't matter what good he did for other people. He's still my enemy. Yeah. And that's, that is where all this comes together. 
And it, this buys into the lie that God will let people into heaven if they accrue good works. And it misses the point. Our issue is not a lack of good works. Our issue is that our relationship with God has been severed by sin. And, and, and let me take this even a little step further. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Okay, so we know that's true. John 3, 16, probably one of the most familiar verses in, in all the world. And yet a person stands before God and says, you know what? I'm going to stand before you and I'm going to get to heaven because of what I've done for other people. And what they don't realize is what they're saying is, Yes, I, I may know of Jesus, but I am not going to acknowledge what he did for me. Mm-hmm. I am not going to acknowledge that, God, you sent your son, your one and only son, to come to this earth to die for me. Mm-hmm. And basically what that person is doing, and this is where I, I've said this to other people, do you realize that your coming to God with your own works is spitting in the face of God and mm-hmm. saying, you sent your son, but I didn't need your son because I have my works. Yeah, which is utter foolishness. It's not Whoa. how the divine economy works. And we can we can say we don't like it and we can resist it, but it doesn't change the fact that it is objective reality. That's so, right. Great question from our listener, Tim. What is happening tomorrow? What is the question coming for us? Question for tomorrow is, are there any tips for reading the parables? Ooh, I love this question. Me too. Yeah. Let's talk tomorrow. Yep. We will hopefully see you and hear you and speak with you tomorrow. Smell you and hug you. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a nosy.